0: Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is Search the Scriptures. Welcome to all of our listeners. We're so thankful to be with you again today to have this further opportunity to open up God's Word and study together a little bit more, learn a little bit further, and dig a little bit deeper. How blessed we are to be able to read the Bible, to teach it on such a widespread, open basis without fear of reprisal from government telling us you can't teach that well yes we can and we're thankful to live in a country where we have that freedom but you know it's not that way everywhere so we need to we need to really cherish this freedom and we need to get into God's word because we do have that opportunity and it is the way of life the best life that a person can live in this world. We want to encourage you to come and, check us out in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street in Omaha. 3606 108th Street in Omaha. Our Bible classes begin at 9.30 on Sunday mornings, followed by worship at 10.30. Sunday evenings we come back together again and for another period of worship and study of God's Word at 6 o'clock each Sunday evening. And then in the middle of the week, good time to stop and get our spiritual batteries recharged. Each Wednesday evening at 630, we come back together for Bible classes. Yeah, that's great. We want to encourage you to come and visit with us. Get to know us. Let us get to know you and worship, study God's word, and grow spiritually with us. Many of our listeners have done that. Many have stayed on and continue to grow spiritually. We hope to meet you in person soon. Feel free to contact us through our website at churchofchrist.com. Click on the email link, or you can phone us at 402-498-8397. We do encourage you to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, click on the podcast button, and sign up for our podcasting. It is free, and it always will be free. We're not after your wallet. We want to help as many people as we can get to heaven. When you sign up for our podcasting, you will automatically receive to your smart device, whether that's your smartphone or computer or laptop or pad or tablet, whichever you choose, you will automatically receive every day, Monday through Friday. Search the scriptures, our radio program. So if you cannot always find your schedule open enough to be able to listen at the times that the program is broadcast over the air, you'll be able to pick it up anytime at your convenience and listen on an ongoing basis. It'll be right there on your smart device. You'll also receive all our our Sunday morning Bible class, our Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons. And you will also receive what I really consider to be a gem. And that's a short Bible study every single day, seven days a week, only about 13 or so minutes long each day. But it keeps us in God's Word And since faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17, that's crucial for our strengthening of our faith on an ongoing basis. That's today's Bible class. Today's Bible class, short study every single day. Take advantage of it, churchofchrist.com, and tell your friends and relatives and everyone else you know about it as well. We're going to get back into our study, talking about the power to face life successfully. Well, we've talked about how life throws a lot of curves at us. There are times when every one of us, we feel like, boy, things are going really well. We're just so at peace. We're happy. Things are so smooth right now. But then something happens. Life throws one of those curves and uh, phew, everything seems to be turned upside down. Hmm. Life is always in motion. And A lot of times we we think we're just, you know, we got it, we're doing it, we're accomplishing it, we're achieving it on our own. We don't think about God in the picture, blessing us to be able to do the things that we've been able to do. But then something happens, illness, injury, financial setback, loss of a job, problem in a relationship somewhere that's really affecting us, maybe the death of a loved one, emotional stress, well, the list can go on and on and on. But something happens, one of those curves that life throws at us, and all of a sudden it seems almost instantly our life is turned upside down and inside out. And now we're wringing our hands, we're wondering, what do I do? How can I get through this? What's going to happen next? Well, many people seek professional help. They go to different kinds of medical authorities or maybe to go to counselors of one kind or another. And and those can be good productive moves on their part. Other people, they may seek out advice from somebody they know, maybe a family member, a friend, a work associate who has gone through something similar. So they pick their brains. They ask them questions. What do I do? What's coming next? How do I get through this? But a lot of folks, they just try to escape from the reality of whatever it is that they're facing, whatever it is that's knocked them back on their heels. They go to drugs, to alcohol. That's escapism. Clouds the issue. But that doesn't solve the problem. In fact, it does nothing to solve the problem. In fact... They now have another problem to deal with, and that's their addiction. So what to do? Where should we turn? Where should we go? What should be our mindset? Well, first, we need to stop thinking about our self-sufficiency. A whole lot of people think they can do it all themselves. That is life, everything about life. My life, I'll do whatever I want to do. Really? Did you want to get sick? Did you want to get injured? Did you want to end up in that car accident that maybe has changed your life completely from a physical perspective? Can you really do it all by yourself? The answer is no, if you're going to be real, realistic. But God gives us the way to get through life with contentment and peace and calm and expectation. The Apostle Paul was guided by God through the Holy Spirit to write these three verses of Scripture in Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. He said, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am, whatever is my reality in my physical life, he says, I've learned to be content to be content. Now Paul found himself in jail a number of times. But even in the face of that, he said, I've learned to be content. He found himself in all kinds of t- disastrous situations, shipwrecks out in the sea, in the water for a day and a night, beaten a number of times, whipped with 39 lashes by his Jewish persecutors five times. Beaten with rods three times, stoned one time. He said he faced deaths, plural. But he says, in whatever state I am, I've learned to be content. Big key, big step, big understanding. But he spoke not from a theoretical perspective. He, As I said, he went through all of that stuff. And he said, I know how to be abased. I know how, how, how it is when things are bad physically, and I know how to abound. I've experienced the good too. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That was the lesson he learned. I can do it, not in and of myself. I can do it through Christ who strengthens me. Hmm. What a lesson. Now, as I've said, a lot of people would call that uh, preacher talk. Not realistic. Just high-sounding platitudes. Yeah. No real meaning. That's from somebody who's never experienced life as I've experienced it. Just a preacher spouting off, preaching biblical jargon that doesn't have any real relationship to life in reality. Well, no, Paul said, no. I've I've been there. I've gone through it. And as we read through Second Corinthians chapter eleven verses twenty three through twenty eight, as I pointed out, and I think every one of us probably would nod our head yes. We can say, uh, or maybe I should say nod our head, no. We could say, yep, yep, every one of us, not a single one of us has gone through all of that. Never been shipwrecked, never been whipped with 39 lashes five times, beaten with rods three times, stoned, and incidentally left for dead on that occasion. Now, some would say, yeah, I've been in prison a number of times. Well, Paul was too. That was just another experience he had a number of times, he said he'd face deaths, plural, and does not elaborate on that. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 8 through 10, he said uh, we had the sentence of death because we needed to learn to trust God who raises the dead. And he delivered us, and he still delivers us. Paul learned he needed to come to God through Jesus Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When we think about the physical infirmities that a lot of people experience, Paul, he dealt with that too. In verse 7 of 2 Corinthians chapter 12, he said, lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations a thorn in the flesh was given to me he doesn't say what that thorn in the flesh was some kind of physical impediment maybe a medical problem that he had that was chronic that he experienced over and over again through his life malaria is one such you know malady now I'm not saying that's what he had some people have suggested that he had a vision problem because of how he talked once or twice about writing his name with large letters Some people might think that he had some kind of physical handicap, maybe, you know, a deformity of some kind. We don't know. He doesn't say. He just said a thorn in the flesh. A messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. But now you see... God does not promise us a bed of roses. He does not promise us that everything's always going to be hunky-dory. He promises to be with us always, as long as we always walk with him in faithful obedience. And so Paul said, I I pleaded with the Lord three times that whatever this thorn in the flesh was might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness, the Lord said. In other words, he told Paul, no, I'm not going to remove that. You need to learn. I want you to learn, and I want other people to learn through what I can do with you and for you, that my grace is sufficient. My strength is made perfect in weakness. I can do things with you. I can lead you to accomplish things that you may not imagine that might astound other people, even in the face of your physical problem. Therefore, Paul goes on and writes, Most gladly I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong." You see, we tend to focus on our own personal strength and abilities, power, capabilities. Paul said, in my weakness, Christ makes me strong, and I rejoice in that. It's not just in and of myself and by myself and on my own. I understand my strength comes through the Lord, through my relationship with God in Christ. James wrote in James chapter 1 and verse 2, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Produces patience. Interesting. The idea is endurance, perseverance. God will see you through those as long as you keep holding on to his hand. He'll see you through those trials, those difficulties. Paul went through a whole lot of them, and God saw him through every one. And he learned, in whatever state I am, to be content. He learned, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Well, Paul finally came to a point where he was in prison in Rome for a second time. He had been in prison in Rome once before. In fact, he had spent probably about four years in Roman custody during that time, two years in Caesarea and two years in Rome before he was released. Went back to preaching the gospel. This time he finds himself in prison again and From the tone of his second letter to Timothy, it sounds as though he's pretty certain he's going to be executed this time. What's his attitude? He's not mad at God. He's not wringing his hands. He's not giving up. He's not becoming a blasphemer or an atheist. He said, I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. He said, I'm I'm about to be sacrificed. My life's going to be taken from me, I'm pretty certain of that. But I fought the good fight. I didn't give up. I finished the race. I didn't quit along the way in life. And I've kept the faith. Remember Job when the devil worked him over? In a day, he lost all of his children to death. Lost all of his livestock holdings, it would seem lost most of his servants who were tending his flocks and herds. But he did not quit on God. He did not curse God. He kept his faith in God. He said, God has given, God takes, has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The devil came at him again and caused grievous sores to break out from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. He was in misery, but he dealt with it. He tried to treat himself as he could. And then, might we say the devil sent three supposed friends to work him over verbally and chastise him about how they assumed, you must have been some big sinner, Job, for all this to happen to you. And Job affirmed, no, I don't know why God has let this happen to me, but I have stayed faithful to him. And Job continued to stay faithful to God in spite of all that was going on. And in the end, God blessed him with all of the children. He replaced all of the children that he had lost with more children. And he blessed him with twice as much in the way of flocks and herds, livestock, than he had lost before. Job lived to be an old man, faithful to God all the way through. Paul learned that lesson. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Now, as Paul faced imminent execution. He still loved God. He still loved his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He was looking forward not just to physical death, but he was looking forward to the transition into eternal life in heaven. Now, by keeping in mind that this life, this physical life that we're living in this physical world with its difficulties and challenges is temporary, and we're looking forward to eternity in heaven, then we can be reassured that the problems of this life that hit us from every angle are also only temporary. How we need to learn the lesson. How we need to learn the lesson. The devil can use many forms of temptation. But I've said many, many times that one of my favorite verses of Scripture is 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Think about that. God is faithful. Yeah. Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Paul experienced that over and over again. One of the ways the devil tempts us to turn away from God is by bringing hardship upon us, as he did with Job, as he did with Paul. Paul learned, now, whatever state I'm in, to be content. Job learned staying faithful to God brings blessings. God will see me through. Do you need to learn that lesson? Do you know people in your life who need to learn that lesson? Quit trying to handle everything by themselves without even thinking about God. Reach out to them. We're going to conclude this study next time. Let's pray. Father in heaven, help us to learn that we need to come to you. And not because we're afraid of you or afraid of not coming to you, afraid that you're going to somehow lash out against us, but we need to come to you because you love us and we need to come to you in love you want to deliver us you want to see us through you want to give us that home in heaven if we will come to you through your son our lord and savior jesus christ in repentance of our sins and surrender in baptism so the blood that he shed on the cross can cleanse us of the guilt of our sins. Help us to open our eyes and our hearts, Father, and to surrender to you. Please forgive us, gracious Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.